When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the 49er Access Podcast. My name is Sterling Bennett, and we have breaking 49er news. The San Francisco 49ers have fired defensive coordinator Steve Wilkes. He is gone. He is done. And the San Francisco 49ers are going to have to search again for a second straight offseason for a brand new defensive coordinator. That's not the only staff departure that happened so far this offseason, but also this morning. So Clint Kubiak has left for the Saints' new offensive coordinator job. He was this team's pass game coordinator. But this morning, San Francisco also lost uh, their assistant O-line coach, James Gregg, to the Raiders, who became their new offensive line coach. Uh, Anthony Lynn, the Niners' assistant head coach, became the commander's new run game coordinator. And... Assistant defensive line coach Daryl Tapp has become the new commander's defensive line coach. So Adam Peters poaching two Niner coaches to join his new staff in Washington. But again, the big breaking news is the San Francisco 49ers have fired Steve Wilkes and will now continue and begin their new search for a defensive coordinator this Firing comes after the Super Bowl loss against the Kansas City Chiefs, but don't be mistaken. Uh, while I was someone who didn't blame Steve Wilkes for that loss, I defended him all after the game, during the game, thought he called a great game besides maybe an overtime period and maybe a handful of plays that, yes, maybe led to San Francisco losing the game. But overall, I do think Steve Wilkes called a great Super Bowl, uh, but... Don't be mistaken, uh, this was not simply because of one game. This was not because San Francisco lost the Super Bowl. This was because of a long, rocky road during the season, which had many ups, many wins, many great defensive performances, but also many, many downs. It was a roller coaster ride for Wilkes and Kyle Shanahan. Uh, it was always going to be an uphill battle for Steve Wilkes. Um, he's an outside guy, DB's coach, never been inside this game before, never even worked with Kyle or John Lynch prior to this season. He was the new kid at school. He was the new kid on the block. And initially I thought it was a good signing, a defensive backs coach. That was your weakest positional group on the roster. Yeah. You had Mooney Ward. Yeah. You had Ufunga, but a guy that really, I think, brought the best out of guys like Lenore. Uh, I think he was a good impact on young safeties like Jair Brown. And I do think at times, and I, I think even next year, we will see that there was a lot of good impact that Steve Wilkes had on the younger players, helping them learn the NFL 
and see through a veteran coach's eyes like Steve Wilkes. But um, let's trace the downfall of Wilkes all the way back to last offseason when he got hired. So again, new kid on the block, never been in this scheme before, never worked with Kyle or John in previous years. Um, he was heavily rumored to be, and I would like to assume he was the one who told San Francisco to sign Isaiah Oliver. So his first quote-unquote big free agent signing to replace Jimmy Ward uh, was an ultimate failure here. All the part of the year took all the reps at nickel with the first team in training camp and OTAs, but uh, as soon as the preseason began, you heard rumblings of uh, it feels like Kyle Shanahan's not comfortable with Oliver playing the nickel, and I think looking back on the season, uh, while we did see some spurts of good play from Oliver, had a pick against the Rams early in the season to kind of help San Francisco hold on to that win. Overall, a bust of a signing, didn't tackle well in space, was slow, was getting beat by faster receivers on the inside, which was going to be his Achilles heel. Just, they took a risk. Wilkes saw him when he was in Atlanta, uh, when Wilkes coached the Panthers. Uh, they tried to make a round peg squid into it, or excuse me, a square peg fit into a round hole. It didn't work. And overall, ultimately, Oliver got benched, didn't play what seemed like the final, what, six weeks of the season. They brought in Logan Ryan from a Disney cruise. He played over Oliver in the biggest game of the year. Um, he was not a factor. So there's one strike against Steve Wilkes. His first big, you know, quote unquote, free, big free agent signing was a bust. That's the first strike. Then you get into the actual season. Then you get into the actual play on the field. Um, it just felt like, and even Shanahan said this, it wasn't the right fit. It didn't end up being the right fit. Now, you can question as to, okay, you knew who Steve Wilkes was before you hired him. You had to have an idea as to what you were getting yourself into. And I do think Shanahan tried to get a little tricky here um, and tried to kind of... He knew he had the personnel on the front seven. He knew that he can trust guys like Bosa and Armstead. You had Drake Jackson, you had Cleland Farrell, younger guys, maybe unproven opposite Bosa. But I think Shanahan ultimately saw that he can trust Fred and Greenlaw on the front seven to handle their own business and try to aid one of the weaker positional groups being the defensive backs. I don't mind that thought process at all. But when you get into the year and realize they're butting heads a lot, a Shanahan in the Super Bowl is calling timeouts because he's not liking Wilkes' looks, um, you find yourself butting heads. I'm sure there was a lot of confrontation behind scenes we'll, we'll, we'll never know about. But um, what we do know is, is that the Vikings game, we all know this play by now. It's halftime. You, you got to stop the Vikings. They have minimal time to score. Um, and Steve Wilkes calls a zero blitz. And after the game, Kyle Shanahan publicly questions Steve Wilkes' play calling. So you already botched the Oliver signing. Then your coach essentially calls you out. That begins the fire Steve Wilkes movement on social media. That begins kind of the uh, out-in-the-open frustrations Shanahan has had with Steve Wilkes, who he never did that with Sala and never did it with Ryans either. So you see the first kind of blip of their relationship on a downward trend. Uh, then you hear Shanahan saying, hey, we want you out of the booth on the field. Uh, that was a precursor to many thinking, okay, this is the final straw. Don't get things mixed up here. If this doesn't work, so 
work, Wilkes is going to get fired. Now, ultimately, uh, I think it worked for the most part. There was a handful of play calls you can question. Uh, the playoffs defensively did not go as planned. Run defense was atrocious for the majority of the season. Um, but I do think ultimately you got where you wanted to be. Uh, you can make any excuse in the book. Uh, I, I, I do think San Francisco should have won that game against Kansas City. Uh, but ultimately, I do think even if San Francisco had won the Super Bowl, I do think Steve Wilkes would have gotten fired anyways. Uh, which, that's weird saying. It feels wrong saying that. You may question, why would that happen? It just feels like these two guys, Kyle and Wilkes, did not see eye to eye the majority of the season, or at least on pivotal parts in games, in playoff games, and you even saw Kyle again override Steve Wilkes and screaming into his mic on the sideline on third down in overtime against Kansas City. So uh, a lot of issues there in the relationship. Kyle wants him on the sideline. That is the kind of last straw. We'll see what happens. Um, and it's funny because then you don't hear much about it. Then you don't hear really anything. You know, maybe what past week nine, you lose the Bengals, you put Wilkes on the sideline against the Jaguars, the defense plays great, you start winning a bunch of games, and you ultimately do not hear much of the, uh, I guess you can say, you know, rough relationship Kyle and Steve Wilkes may have had. Then all of a sudden it pops up in the biggest moments in the Super Bowl, and I'm sure there's more frustration there. We know Kyle Shanahan is heavily involved in the defense, Javon Hargrave said, during the year that um, Kyle Shanahan gets the defense prepared more than he's ever seen. Um, and so you, you, you do know in those meetings, in those film room discussions that Kyle and Wilkes are probably maybe going back and forth of like, I want this, well, I want that, and I want this, and I want that. So um, a lot of, I'm sure, behind-the-scenes issues the two had. Uh, Rene Rodriguez asks... Uh, what about Mike Vrabel as the defensive coordinator, Renee? Stick around. We will get into who I think are the names to look out for and who are, I think, the best choices that Shanahan could or should hire to replace Steve Wilkes in about five or so minutes. I'll try to get through this quick. I do want to talk about Bill Belichick, Mike Vrabel, maybe even Richard Sherman. We're going to talk all of that coming up really, really soon, so stick with me here, Renee. Um... But again, they butt heads. It just feels like that things are going wrong. You don't hear about it for a while, but then you lose against Kansas City. And in the postgame presser, not just after the game, but in front of his locker the day after San Francisco gets back or the day after the Niners get back to Levi Stadium, you hear Nick Bosa multiple times say, and you can read body language here, that they were not prepared. And I think that goes into a bigger conversation that the Niners at times this year looked unprepared, um, whether it's against the Ravens, whether it's against the Bengals, the Vikings, uh, and the Browns, at times they looked unprepared. And so when you have all these stars, you have your defensive player of the year, you have elite level players all over the place, getting high-end money and your defense continues to not only be unprepared, but also play down to their opponents. You had a top five unit the past few years, and this run defense cratered this season. 
Steve Wilkes may have been too aggressive uh, with his defensive backs on blitzes. We saw it against the Vikings, saw it against Kansas City. Um, he just didn't seem to pick and choose his moments wisely. Um, and I think when you hear Nick Bosa, and it wasn't just after the Super Bowl, there are many times this year there was visible frustration from the defensive linemen with how the scheme was being utilized, how Wilkes called plays, how the preparation went. Um, you could talk about effort all day. There were just times it felt like the defense didn't know that was coming. Uh, and by that, I mean maybe the zone read or, or the QB draw run by Mahomes on, what, second or third down in the Super Bowl. He just knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. Uh, it wasn't hard to say. Why not do a keeper here? You got to get one yard. Mahomes is like 6'3". He'll, he'll get you a first down, no problem. Bosa over-pursues, which was the right move, mind you. Nobody fills the hole. And he's like, Where's it, where are my guys at? That's what Bosa means by unprepared. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Bosa knew it was coming. He knew the gap he had to fill. Nobody behind him did. And I think when 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 Nick Bosa speaks, we know how highly the Niners carry Nick Bosa's voice. When he speaks, you listen. He's now doing what Saturday. You know, Saturday speeches to get the guys motivated for Sunday and, and, and Mondays, right? Nick is the guy to rally the troops, make the battle cry, and say, let's focus up here uh, prior to games. And when Nick speaks, knowing he's a multiple-time all-pro, multiple-time pro bowler, and the reigning defensive player of the year as of this past season, um, you listen. And I can almost guarantee you there were conversations Bosa and Kyle had. I'm not confirming that. It just feels like Bosa and Kyle have a really good relationship, and if there was frustration voiced, um, and Kyle already saw it and felt it, and when your star player comes talk to you, or at least mentions it in the media, it's hard to ignore that. Um, moving on for a second, what does Kyle want? The question is, you had Demeco, you had Sala, and you tried Steve Wilkes, so what's the next move? Do you revert back to who you had prior or a scheme like you had prior, which maybe guys like Bosa, Hargrave, Armstead, the, the front seven are more comfortable in, or do you try something else? Well, Kyle kind of said both of those things today. He would prefer something like a Sala and Ryan's 4-3, kind of cover three scheme, a lot of nickel, but he said he's open to a new scheme if it makes sense. Um, he did say that Steve Wilkes had a hard time marrying the front seven with the back end, and it does feel like that uh, Wilkes being a defensive backs coach, being a DB's coach, a lot of his priorities were on the back end, not the front seven. And we saw that a lot early, not getting pressure, not manufacturing pressure, the blitzes weren't working. And Shanahan went into this further saying it has a lot to do with the linebacker and stuff like that. The way Fred and Dre had done it over the years, you want to tie those things together. Just Wilkes' background, it was harder than it needed to be. So it felt like that, again, they were trying to fit that square peg into a round hole 
tried to make a, an unperfect marriage work. Counseling didn't work, that being getting it from the booth to the sideline. Conversations behind the scenes didn't work, so ultimately you have to divorce. Now, this is where we discussed what is San Francisco supposed to do next? And again, back to Renee's question, what about Mike Vrabel? Um, I think Mike Vrabel is the best option for the San Francisco 49ers to choose to replace Steve Wilkes. Now, I know people like Wyatt here on Twitter and X. Thank you for watching, Wyatt, and listening. He wants Bill Belichick. Um, Wyatt, I get it. Many fans see Belichick, and I understand this as one of the winningest head coaches ever. I think he's like four or seven wins away. He's right there. And he's a smart guy, won seven Super Bowls. Why wouldn't you want that kind of pedigree in your building? The reality of it is, why would Belichick lower himself from head coach, knowing he has all these accolades, to defensive coordinator? Unless you're going to pay him like $20 million, which I don't think Jed York can justify. Nor do I think Belichick wants to go from coaching in New England as the head coach knowing his legacy is cemented forever in that team's history to being a defensive coordinator. It's not like he he failed in New England and has to humble himself and come over here, okay, I'll coach as your DC for a year or so, then I'll be a head coach elsewhere. It's not like that. This is much more of like Sean Payton. You're going to go away for a year. Once the next coaching cycle happens, you hope to find some place, you know, like, like Payton found Denver this year. That's what you're looking for if you're, if you're Belichick. You, you, you don't want to be a DC. You want to be the guy. And he has every right to that claim. So um, I think Bill Belichick is off the table. I think Bill doesn't want to be here. I don't think Kyle wants Bill here. Um, the last thing you want to have is two massive egos in that room butting heads. Yes, iron sharpens iron. I get that. I'd rather have that be on the field. Um, rather have Fred and Dre. Rather have Bosa and Chase Young. Rather have Hargrave and Armstead doing that to each other than head coaches butting heads. No, I want this. No, I want that. We already saw that this year with Wilkes and Kyle. It didn't work. Now, that isn't to say someone like Bill Belichick couldn't work. Hence why I do think Mike Vrabel is the best choice for or to replace Steve Wilkes. He runs a 3-4 attacking scheme. I get that it's 3-4, it's not 4-3, but Mike Vrabel's not dumb. He's not an idiot. He is someone who, unlike Bill Belichick, uh, would need to kind of humble himself, take a defensive coordinator job for a year or two, and then jettison off elsewhere to be a head coach. Uh, Vrabel is one of the smartest people in the entire league when it comes to coaching. Unlike Steve Wilkes, you're never going to hear his team is being unprepared. You're never going to hear Nick Bosa say, well, you know, we didn't know that was going to happen. Mike Vrabel is outsmarting coaches all year, even when his teams aren't good. On fourth downs, on third downs, where he's getting penalized on purpose to stop clocks or move his guys back. Like, Vrabel is one of the most savvy minds, and he learned from Bill. He's a younger Bill. He's a fiery guy on the sideline. He played linebacker. He can talk to Fred, talk to Dre when he gets back from the injury, talk to D. Winters, the younger guys, Jalen Graham, and they're going to buy into what he's selling. He has the championship pedigree. He's been there before. He's done that. And one of the most beautiful things about Mike Vrabel is, is unlike Steve Wilkes, he is going to use man coverages on the back end, but he has a disciplined 
uh, front seven. He's not going to rush into holes. He's not going to, you know, blitz all the time. And he's also wonderful at manufacturing pressure. That's one thing Wilkes wasn't good at. Yeah, you might get a nickel blitz here. You might see a safety blitz here. And you might get a guy like Bosa win one-on-one. But Mike Vrabel did not ever have the best personnel on defense with Tennessee. But somehow they were always in games late. How many times did Tennessee play like 13-10 ball games? 17-14 ball games? Because that defense he had was so good at getting off the field. He's going to manufacture pressure. He knows how to utilize stunts. And when you have two monsters like Hargrave and Armstead on the inside, you can utilize stunts like or, or with Nick Bosa, with Drake Jackson, whoever's playing opposite of Bosa, you're going to find success. I think Mike Bravel makes the most sense. And one thing I do think that separates him besides the stunts, the manufacturing pressure, being so smart, being overly prepared for everything to occur. That way he's not surprised in big moments like Steve Wilkes may have been, which is only going to benefit Kyle to not look dumb in big moments. I also think that what Steve Wilkes can do in varying up his looks. One week it might be an attacking 4-3 where he is using stunts. It is man coverage. The next week, it's going to be a heavy zone coverage scheme. It's going to be a lot of cover three, going to be a lot of nickel, going to be a lot of quarters. He's not going to be, he's not going to be afraid to make the defense play a variety of positions, coverages, and schemes to outsmart other offenses. And I think for Mike Vrabel, it makes a ton of sense. Like when ask yourself, what is like, pick a defense, just personnel wise, roster wise, any DC would want to play with any coach would want to coach. It's San Francisco. All-Pro Fred, All-Pro Mooney Ward. You have two playmaking safeties behind you that are both young and good when they're healthy. Lenore had his best year ever uh, on the back end playing nickel. You have two beasts of defensive tackles on the inside. If you want to coach somewhere that is ready to win now, is going to compete most likely, it's this place, and it's not like San Francisco can't be a jumping-off point if Rabel wants to be a head coach again. But take a two-year hiatus from head coaching, coach this defense, he would set this defense apart and get them back on track. And again, he would also keep San Francisco's defense prepared where you never have to hear Bosa say, we were surprised by X, Y, and Z. That's never going to happen. He, like Shanahan and Rabel aren't going to be overriding each other. Like, that feels like a more collaborative uh, DC and OC talking, getting game plans together. Rabel was under Belichick for forever. He knows the Patriot way, but also knows how to relate to players. No one speaks poorly of Mike Rabel, and he's someone who demands your presence, is fiery. You're going to see him out there flexing like Sala, like Ryan's. He'll be that emotional leader for you. He's not going to be in the booth, not going to be quiet. He's going to make his presence known. And he's going to be someone, when you get him in the building, he's going to set your defense apart from others that might be just as good, but his scheme will set you apart. He'll give you different looks. He will make the opposing offense not know what's coming next. Where at times, with Steve Wilkes, things looked too predictable. Go back to the Super Bowl. For as good as they were, for four quarters, for as much as I defend the team 
and how good they played. Probably their best game all year when it came to playing four or three and a half complete quarters. They lost at sinks, but that defense played really well. I do think at times Steve Wilkes telegraphed his blitzes. At times he took his shots at the wrong time. That's not going to be Mike Vrabel. Nothing he does is telegraphed. That defense he had, the offense was stagnant. That's why you have Kyle. That defense was phenomenal in Tennessee for a long time, and he'll have even better personnel in San Francisco. So my pick to hire is Mike Vrabel. It makes a ton of sense. He's a smart guy, and I do think he fits what Shanahan wants in a D.C. way more than I think anyone else does. Again, don't bring Bill Belichick here. It doesn't make sense, but if you want that same kind of pedigree, that that same kind of scheme work, that same kind of aggressiveness, and that same kind of intellect and intelligence, go get Mike Vrabel. Um, the other one is Richard Sherman. I know many fans love Sherm. Uh, when they hear Sherm talk about the Niners hating Seattle, it gets them pumped up. Richard Sherman is not going to coach in San Francisco. Um, one, I get he has experience here. But I, I, I just don't think that would work. I, I, I don't think that what, what Sherman would do, he's too close to the players, too close to their age. Um, I would prefer someone that didn't play with uh, guys like uh, Fred and guys like Greenlaw and guys like Lenore. Like It feels like Sherman's too young, smart guy, love him. Not to mention he already said no. <laughs> so it's not going to be Sherman. I know fans might say that. I get it. I love Sherman too. Who doesn't? So no on Bill, no on Sherman. Uh, and again, Sherman already did, in fact, say no to the job. Albeit, I wouldn't be surprised if he looms around uh, during the offseason. He loves his team. And I wouldn't be against him being an assistant somewhere. He's a smart guy, knows how to play. And he's one of the best defensive backs, going to be a Hall of Famer of the past decade. He's awesome. I love Sherm, but it's not as a DC. As an assistant, it would make a lot of sense, but not as a DC. Um, the other guy is uh, Ejiro Evero from the Panthers. This one is the longest shot to ever happen. Evero, uh, I think, is a lot like Ryan's and Sala, where, yeah, he wants to play a Fangio-style scheme, which we'll get to a more Fangio-friendly coach in a second here, which you are going to hate. But... Uh, Evero plays a Fangio-style scheme, but he's unafraid to run a cover three or off cover three. He'll vary up his looks. He can get aggressive when necessary. Um, I do think he's one he's one defensive coordinator that, if he was available, and that's the big question, Carolina's not going to let him go. But he's someone that I wouldn't be surprised if San Francisco doesn't have him as kind of the long shot golden boy they would want to bring in. Um, an attacking 3-4 split safety scheme, but again... He'll change the looks up, has experience under Wade Phillips uh, and Raheem Morris, who Shanahan just called one of the best defensive minds he's ever coached with. Um, I just feel like Evero, again, it's not going to happen, but he is kind of the golden boy, the golden goose, the white whale. If we could have somebody, it would be Evero. Um, I know many people like Shane here are saying hire from within, promote Chris Kosarek. Uh, Shane... I get the thought process. Uh, Chris Kosarek does not want a defensive coordinator job. And if he does, I'm not against it. The reality of it is, I think for Chris Kosarek, he just wants to coach that one specific part of the defense. He's great at it. They just lost Daryl Tapp to Washington, his assistant. You have to retain Chris. But Chris 
has openly said, I really don't want to be a defensive coordinator. But Shane, to your point, uh, getting off of Evro for a second, uh, Matt Barros of The Athletic pointed out that San Francisco's defensive passing game slash nickelback coach, Nick Sorensen, who has coached linebackers and cornerbacks and nickelbacks in recent years, could be a good fit to hire from within because he's known Fred, he's coached Ray, under Ryans, under Sala, and now under Wilkes. He might be the best of both worlds. Um, he'll give Coach his run on, on the defensive line, let him do his thing, but he'd be kind of the mastermind behind everything else, and he wouldn't get in Kyle's way. Kyle Shanahan wants someone that not only runs the scheme he wants, he wants them to coach the way he wants, and you have to fall in line. Now, a guy in the building like Sorensen, um, yeah, makes a lot of sense. A lot of sense for that if you want a, I don't want to say yes man, but you want the most familiar option for your defense. Sorensen makes a ton of sense, Shane. Uh, and again, I don't think Kosarek is the guy. I want to say hi to Niner Media in the comments. Um, thank you for watching. Thank you guys for, for jumping in here. I know Fluffy Ninja has the biggest white whale ever of uh, Steel Steve Spagnolo, unfortunately. Fluffy Ninja, uh, Steve has re-upped with the Chiefs, which just makes me so angry because, my goodness, wouldn't that be fun? You'd have Kyle Shanahan and Steve Spagnola, uh, the guy always in Kyle's way, stopping his offense now on your side, hopefully stopping Mahomes, but it feels like uh, he's going to be married to the Reed and Mahomes dynasty in Kansas City for a long, long time, barring a massive change out there in KC. And I do want to say this, um, what happened in Kansas City today sucks. The 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 shooting out there, just awful. Thoughts and prayers, it doesn't help, but just awful. Can't we just be good people? It's really not that hard to not be doing dumb things like that. Like, it's heartbreaking to watch. Um, we can't change it from where I'm at, but I just want to say it's an awful thing. Awful thing should never happen. And I hope the police, the families can somehow find some way to move on. It's just an awful thing. Uh, but, and, and that's so much more important than football. Just an awful thing. Should be a great day for the Chiefs fans, uh, but an awful thing that happened today. So uh, thoughts and prayers, hearts out there. But uh, I guess back to the less relevant and important Niners defensive coordinator search. Um, Lovey Smith is also out there, a former head coach, former D.C., Someone that may not want to come back, but a name I do think that uh, could be in the running somewhere if Shanahan wants a DC with head coaching experience. He's coached guys like Erlacher and, Lan and, and Lance Briggs for a long time. We know he likes to attack defensively, so it would not be surprising if Lovey Smith, I don't want to say his name comes up, but might get tossed around here or there. Um, that's unlikely, but I want to mention it here in case it does be brought up. But uh, back to Ejiro Evero from Carolina. He's not going to be brought into San Francisco. It's just a name that I do think would be their golden boy, their golden goose, their white whale. That um, I think if they had their running at him, I think he might be the first person they interviewed. That's an unfortunate part of losing in the Super Bowl. You miss the entire you know Black Monday of coaching firings. You have a month afterwards, and you still fire DC, which is unfortunate, but the reality of it is you miss your best chance to replace guys that are leaving and guys that you are firing. And so for today, for Kyle Shanahan to say, you know, I'm going to depart with Steve Wilkes, um, 
your options are very limited. Um, if I can get to a comment I saw earlier, it's right here from Bobo. Uh, Bobo always in the chats. Appreciate it, Bobo. He says, or maybe she says, the dog says, <laughs> uh, bring in Pete Carroll. If hell froze over, <laughs> if hell froze over, my friend, <laughs> um, Pete Carroll is still part of the Seattle Seahawks organization in some way. I have a hard time believing that him and Kyle would get along. Now, I I like Pete Carroll as a person. He brings cockiness. He brings arrogance. He brings pedigree. Again, I just don't think the last few years, the way that defense has executed and run, I don't really know if Kyle would want to bring that in. I think it would be a downgrade in a weird way from Steve Wilkes. Um, it just feels like they don't use their safeties very well. Their personnel's off. Um, and it just feels like the Seahawks need a complete reset because the Carroll defense, although isn't out of style, there's a reason they've been trying to go back to the Legion of Boom style and they hired Tom McDonald this year, I believe is his name, to kind of get back to that. Um, they want the attacking 4-3, the attacking, you know, defense they used to have, the aggressive blitzing, you know, two amazing safeties on the line of scrimmage, Jamal Adams, Kyle Hamilton last year with the Ravens. I don't think Pete Carroll fits in San Francisco, albeit already being here, well, like two and a half decades ago when he used to coach uh, a long time ago. And Niner Media says he wouldn't be surprised if Johnny Holland becomes the DC. I believe he's linebackers coach in San Francisco. Um, he reminds me a lot of Chris Kosarek in regards to a guy who deserves the job, who, if he got it, I'd say, yeah, what a great choice. Makes a lot of sense, respected, um, especially with guys like Dre and Warner and, and Greenlaw. Like, why wouldn't you want their leader, their coach to be manning the defense? Um, I just think that he reminds me of Chris Cosero too much of a guy who you like, you respect, you want on your staff no matter what, but um, I don't know if they are they really want to be DCs. Maybe he does, and, and I have no idea, but I do feel like that um, Johnny and Chris may not want to be the guy on defense. They want to be a guy, not the guy. Uh, one other name that you're all going to hate because you've seen him coach as of this year, and he got fired this year, but I do think does need to have his name in the hat, does need to have his name in the conversation. I'm not saying I'd hire him. I'm just saying I would not be surprised if good old Brandon Staley gets an interview with the San Francisco 49ers. Now, he alongside Evero, he alongside Vic Fangio, he runs that Vic Fangio 3-4 style defense. Um, and keep in mind that Shanahan tried to bring Vic Fangio in in 2017. That didn't work out. It became Robert Sala. Uh, I believe tried to bring in Fangio this past offseason. Maybe it was two offseasons ago to kind of be an assistant or kind of a, you know, you know, the wise man up in the booth or, you know, to be someone you can kind of get some pointers from. And Vic didn't do it. Now, Vic was in Miami with that similar role. Uh, now he's in Philadelphia. So you're not getting Vic Fangio this year again either. But um, I would not be surprised knowing that Kyle has been trying to get Vic Fangio if he doesn't try to find a, a Vic Fangio disciple. Now, Evero is one of them. Again, 
not going to come here. Panthers are not letting him get interviewed, but uh, Brandon Staley is not currently employed. And I do think while his head coaching tenure was not very good, we saw him blow a handful of leads, saw him blow a lot of games late. We saw just him being overwhelmed as a head coach. That doesn't mean him as a defensive coordinator wouldn't be a good option. I think he would not be the worst choice. In fact, I think he might be the choice when it's all said and done. Um, simply because the options, there are just not many out there. Um, if Rabel's my choice that I would I, I'd want to pick, uh, I think Brandon Staley might be the choice that actually gets the job. Um, which is horrifying because I know all the fans are going to say he was awful with the Chargers. He also used to coach the Rams, who had the best defense in football when he was there. Um, which I think Kyle would look at and say, that's more likely what, what, what we're going to get with this personnel we have uh, for the Niners. Uh, but on top of that, going back to Nick Bosa saying that Steve Wilkes was unprepared a lot, or the, or the Niners defense was not prepared for a handful of, uh, of plays and schemes that she, they were going to face. You don't think Nick Bosa can't talk to Joey? You don't think Joey doesn't tell Nick about what it's like to play under Brandon Staley. You don't think that, um, you don't think that Bosa being Nick wouldn't talk to Joey about, Hey, what was it like playing under Brandon Staley? Um, it's a different scheme, mind you, uh, Vic Fangio style scheme. Again, as Bobo states, and as, as I already said, he is in Philadelphia, but I would not be surprised if, if Nick has that much of a voice in the room, it wouldn't be like, Hey Nick, call your brother. Ask him what it was like to play under Brandon. Did he enjoy his time? And I do think that Brandon Staley's defense gets a lot of bad rap. Doesn't mean they were great. They were hurt a lot. Joey Bosa could not stay healthy. Khalil Mack could not stay healthy. Derwin James can't stay healthy. Um, they have a lot of holes. No doubt about it. But I do think that this defense has shown the ability to have actual workhorses that can stay healthy for a full season or at least a betterment of a full season um and i do think that if you bring in brandon staley you're getting the familiarity with a Vic fangio style scheme which shanahan seems to have been wanting for about you know six years now seven years now uh but also you are getting i think someone that nick bosa might sign off on if joey does um they're different people i get that but i do think joey if but Joey Bosa gave Nick a glowing review of Brandon. Nick would sign off on it. And when Nick signs off on it, um, I would assume Kyle would as well. <laughs> um, but again, my pick is Mike Vrabel. I think he makes the most sense. Uh, do, please do not bring in Bill Belichick. Don't start those rumors. Just keep Bill Belichick, 74-year-old butt, as far away from Levi Stadium as you possibly can. If you want someone that's going to be fiery and aggressive, it can change up the schemes, and that's smart, you might want Bill. Why not get the younger, more adapt to this NFL in Mike Vrabel? It makes a ton of sense. Um, it just feels like for San Francisco, their options are very few because you had to wait a month to get here. You were in the playoffs. You ain't firing folks in the playoffs. But now that you're here, your options have gone from a gigantic pool of assistants and, you know, DCs elsewhere and college guys to a very small pond of former head coaches 
in assistance that maybe teams don't want to lose. And guys have already found their new homes. It's very... Like, take Edgy Evril, for example. I think that an example of Evero maybe wanting to depart. Let's say San Francisco's already talked to him before this year. They've already liked him. They've already loved him. And they want him to be the guy. There is no clause saying that even if Carolina declines an interview request for him, that he can't say, well, me and them already know each other. I'm going anyways. You can still leave. <laughs> you can still go. You can pull Deshaun Foster and get hired by the Raiders and then leave for UCLA the next day. It's possible. Uh, highly unlikely, but it's possible. But I do think the best, easiest, not currently employed option out there is Mike Vrabel. But just please do not be surprised if you hear the name Brandon Staley getting brought up. It's a Fangio-style, familiar defense Kyle would know. They can get their opinion on him via Joey Bosa to Nick Bosa, up to Kyle Shanahan. And I feel like with a healthier defense, Staley could actually succeed. But, again, I am, now that Wilkes is gone, I am on the Mike Vrabel train. Uh, Bobo brings this up, and this is, it's funny because before this podcast was going to happen, I was going to discuss the Brandon Ayuk Instagram and, and social media. You know, I want to go to Vegas stuff. And we'll talk about it maybe tomorrow or on Friday, whatever it is, but... That was going to be today's topic of conversation. Then Kyle's like, emergency press conference, I'm firing Steve Wilkes. But now we're in the full, you know, off-season mode. You've lost in the Super Bowl. Coaches are leaving left and right. You're firing Steve Wilkes. And now people, like Bobo here, they're going to make statements that seem so far-fetched, but could work. Now, I don't think Bobo's comments here works in regards to Trading Hargrave in a draft pick for Buckner, that's not going to happen. Um, Hargrave was all intents and purposes Buckner like this year and a better pass rusher. I love the Forrest Buckner, how could you not? But Hargrave is a younger or equally aged player that I think San Francisco can work with better. Um, I think that this offseason is going to be pivotal. If Ayuk truly wants out, maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. I just think he wants to get paid. I, do, I would not be surprised if San Francisco does make a big move, and that means shedding a contract. I'll dive into that in a show later this offseason, but I would not be surprised if a big move occurs. Um, I have a hard time believing they're going to stay stagnant, knowing how close they were. The last time they were this close, what'd they do? Yes, traded Buckner away, re-signed Armstead, and drafted, you know... 2020, uh, when got Kinlaw, like they made some moves. Like this team is not going to stay silent. They're not going to stay stagnant. Maybe they find themselves thinking that we have the team. We're good enough. We were two minutes away this year from winning it all again. Um, the difference is you have to find a way to bridge that gap. Maybe it is as simple as hiring Mike Vrabel. Maybe you find yourself instead of having a three-game losing streak to a two-game losing streak, to not having struggles against the Bengals and other teams like it's the Vikings and Kirk Cousins and the Browns' third-string quarterbacks this year. Maybe you don't get blown out by the Ravens on Christmas. Maybe you don't have to fight to come back against the Lions and the Packers in the playoffs if you have Mike Vrabel. The reality of San Francisco's offseason is 
this team is going to either make a massive move, hiring a defensive coordinator, or they are going to make a massive change. They've done it. They're not going to be complacent. I don't know what that move is. I'm not going to predict it. This team is just too aggressive, whether it's going for Trey Lance, trading Buckner, Kinlaw, Ayuk. This team is not going to just stay complacent and do nothing. That's not who they are. They're going to try some things, like hire Steve Wilkes, like trade to get Trey Lance, like draft Kinlaw and trade Buckner away. They're going to try some things, may not like them, but I do think this team is going to be aggressive to get back to where they want to be. I don't know what that move is, but I think step one of getting back to the Super Bowl and actually winning it is hiring Mike Rabel. Uh, you can put your comments down below on Twitter, on uh, X, if you want to call it that, on Facebook, and or on YouTube. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe. Who would you want this team to replace Steve Wilkes with? Are you a Bill Belichick person? Are you a Mike Vrabel kind of person like I am? Would you be angry if Brandon Staley got hired? Or are you on the full-fledged, bring in Uncle Sherm, fan bus, whatever you want, put it down below. Tell me who you want to see San Francisco hired. Um, I'd go Vrabel. That, to me, is the A1 steak sauce of available options out there. Keep Belichick far away. But if you want them, tell me below who you want and why. This is an open conversation for a long time. I think they want to fill this void really quickly, knowing the draft is just, what, two and a half months away, two months away. They have to hire someone soon. I think they want their next DC in, in the next month or so if not prior to that. So don't be surprised. There's a flurry of names coming in left and right of they request this guy and they request that guy. And I would not be surprised if they bring in someone in two or three weeks. Their offseason's already started. The process began yesterday. They are in full-fledged find a DC better than Steve Wilkes mode. Um, again, I'm Mike Vrabel. It makes the most sense. Smart guy. Energy's there. He'll give you Demeco and Sala vibes, but I think might be smarter than Sala was. Sala's great. I love Robert Sala. How could you not? But I do think Vrabel brings a little more knowledge. He's played for like 15 years. He's coached for about a decade now. He's gotta, he's gotta be a better choice than at least Steve Wilkes. Um, that's all I have for you today. Thank you for watching. Thank you for liking, sharing, and subscribing again. Tell me who you want down below in the comments. Don't forget to follow us on social media at 49ers underscore access is the X or Twitter. 49ers.access is the Instagram. And if you want to go to a baseball game, football game, if they are, if those are around now because season's over with, a basketball game, you want to see your Warriors play, uh, you can use our promo code 49ers access, 49ERSACCESS at SeatGeek.com and save yourself $20 off your first purchase again steve wilkes is gone he is fired and the search for a new defensive coordinator starts today who will san francisco hire we'll find out sooner rather than later but until next time my name is sterling bennett saying thank you for liking sharing subscribing and leaving that review and as always stay faithful